Welcome to the Undivided Women's Podcast. I'm Kristen Price, and I'm your hostess, and I am so glad that you are joining me today. At Undivided Women, we encourage women to go deeper in the Word of God and with each other through Jesus Christ. We help each woman identify how to love God and her people with all her heart by equipping her with the ability to remove distractions so that she can focus and live fully in the here and now. It's December, which means many of us are feeling both merry and frazzled at the exact same time. We dash into the season with all the hope of a child sitting on Santa's lap, but by the end of it, we've allowed all the hustle and bustle to steal our focus, making us forget why we celebrate. Our hearts silently ask but never speak out loud, where's the joy? In today's podcast, I share a talk I gave last Christmas at Cross Point Church in Niceville, Florida. We talk about what it really means to have it all this Christmas and how to not miss the joy. When we can stop and recognize the holiness of the night and put ourselves in the smelly manger surrounded by animals, we can see the work of God, not only in the Christmas story, but also in our lives. Because God draws us into his presence in the most unexpected and unconventional ways, we become silent in the night waiting for the first cry of a child coming out of his mother's womb so that we might be delivered from discontent. God gives us babies to change hearts and God ultimately delivered us with the birth of Jesus. We hope you enjoy this episode and be sure to subscribe to our podcast in iTunes and listen to previous episodes if you haven't already. Merry Christmas! goodness Carletta has made my day it is a miniature oh my it's a coffee a tea set oh I'm so excited I really do I'll go to a restaurant y'all and if they have like the, like Cracker Barrel you know how it has like the little syrups on it and I'm like can I take these home with me and I, I know it's weird I, I should stop but this is so cute oh thank you oh I'm so excited um okay girls this is such a fun party. I am all about parties. I love celebrating. As Carletta said, my name is Kristen, and I'm so excited to be with you today. And I know that, you know, this is such a great time for us to gather together because it is Christmas. It is the month of December. Woo! Does anybody else need to go, like, heave in a bag, like, Yes. Well, it is the month of December, and I know for my family, you know, there's so much to look forward to during this season of celebrating and the holidays and everything that goes into it. But I know one of the very first things that we do to kind of kick off the holiday season is we go and get our Christmas tree. And we typically go around Thanksgiving and we get our tree. And I wanted to ask y'all, kind of show me a raise of hands. Who in here has an artificial tree at home? Ooh, that's a lot of hands. Okay. Who in here loves to get a real tree and to put it up in their homes? Okay, girls, I hear you. Um, well, our family, we are like that. We, we 
love to go and we get to buy a Christmas tree and that's the tree that we put in our den and then I also have an artificial tree and I've got that in another room that I put kind of more of my special collectible type ornaments on it and so I love Christmas trees okay my next question color lights or white lights color white got a little bit of both okay one of my friends she said that she has an artificial tree and you can rotate if it's colored lights or it can go back and forth yes she said her four-year-old loves it she'll press the blinky thing and be like white lights colored lights white lights and she says that people drive by and probably think that they're crazy but it's so much fun right and so I can remember that uh, when my husband Raleigh and I got married 11 years ago we lived in a teeny tiny house in the city of Birmingham and you know I was so excited to be newlyweds and to spend our first Christmas together and so of course one of the very first things we did was we went and we bought our Christmas tree and we went out to this Christmas farm in Birmingham and I saw these trees you know my eyes were like saucers I saw these trees that were eight nine and ten foot tall and I was like ooh, these are pretty and my husband was like Kristen do you remember how teeny tiny our house is like you can put your hand up and like that's where the ceiling is he said you need to come over on this side and so we went all the way to the other side of the Christmas farm where they kept like the six five four foot trees you know and there was a trolley brown trees over there and he's like okay you need to find one in this area I said okay so we found the biggest one that we could and we took it home and then we placed it in the corner of our living room because we didn't even have room to move furniture in that house. That's how teeny tiny it was. And so we put the tree up in the corner and we began to put our lights on it and we've got our fire going in the fireplace and I've got hot cocoa and we've got Christmas carols and it's like this dream come true, right? And so I'm just like, la 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 and we're like getting everything ready and and I was super excited because while we were engaged, I had not one but two ornament showers. And so I racked up on some Christmas ornaments and they were all really unique and special. You know, I had some newlywed ornaments. I had some with our wedding day on them. I had some that had our college and our hometown and now living in Birmingham. Just some really special, unique ornaments and some of these huge balls, you know, that had the ceramic, the paint on it, you know. And so I got all these different ornaments. I didn't just get a bulk pack of ornaments. And so I had all these unique ornaments. And so we were putting the ornaments on the tree. And we thought, strategically, we should put the prettiest and the best ornaments at the top front of the tree. Because again, it was in the corner. So we didn't put a whole lot of ornaments back there because we were like, nobody's going to see them. And so we put all these ornaments on the tree. And we take a step back when we're finished. And Raleigh puts his hand over my shoulder. And I kind of lean in. To him, you know, it's like that special moment. And we're like, ah, oh, look at our tree. And as we sit there and we watch our tree, our beautiful tree, we see it start to fall. I kid you not. That tree goes timber and it falls to the floor, that parquet floor. And my husband tries to do the dive to catch it. Like he's sliding in home base and he just does not make it. And so he is sitting there and you just hear all these beautiful special ornaments just crashing to the ground and all this glass breaking. And my husband, he looks back over at me. He's like, oh no. And he's like, are you okay? And I, uh, seriously, I, I know, I know, I know in that moment. 
Do y'all have a fixer type husband? And so he's like, look. And so he goes and he gets the tree and he places it back on its stand a little bit more securely this time. And some of the ornaments have remained. He has been able to salvage some of them. And so he goes and he sits me on the couch and he's like, look. He's like, this is not a bad omen for our marriage. He said, this is what marriage is going to be like. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> but seriously, he was like, you know, we're going to have those moments when we fall and we hit the floor hard and we're going to make these mistakes and we're going to be broken and life is not going to be perfect. He said, but look, he said, we can save this and we can get back up again and we can keep going because we've got Jesus. I mean, he made sure to throw Jesus in there. And I'm like, you're right. You're right. And it's funny because all these years later, whenever we go and we get our Christmas tree, we have three small children. We have twin girls that are eight, Adeline and Mary Lee, and we have a little boy, Ridley, who is four. And every year when we go and we get our Christmas tree, we tell them this story. And I can really, I can look back at it now and I can really see that my husband was right. And I can see that there is beauty in our brokenness and there is beauty in imperfection. And so I, I wanted to share that with y'all tonight or this morning because, you know, I think so often we as women, we struggle with this, right? We want everything to be perfect and we want everything to be just right. But sometimes we are broken and sometimes we've got to learn how to get ourselves back up again. And speaking of trees, I, you know, when we think of trees, so often we think of the branches on a tree, right? You think of your family tree, you know, your lineage and your relatives and who has married who, and, and we think about, you know, just our lineage, and, and it's really a, a cool thing to see our family tree. But what I also think is very interesting is not only for us to look at the branches, but for us to look at the roots of a tree. If you look at trees that are on a farm or, you know, in a forest, you'll see that the trees are all connected by their root system. And scientists have done a lot of research on the root system of trees, and really they've begun to see that, you know, this root system is an interconnectedness. And they help the trees give life to one another and to support one another when bad weather comes, and also to help them have nutrients and to stand tall so they can grow up together, right? But another thing that's really interesting about these trees is because they're connected they can also spread disease, and they can harm one another. And if one tree gets sick, it can infiltrate the rest of the tree root system, and the other trees can get sick and die too. And sometimes if you think back to our families and our relationships with one another, we are like these trees, are we not? We can either build one another up, or we can break one another down. And I think this idea of connection, God is at work in every single place, in every single part of our world and our existence. And I think he made these trees for connection because he made us to live life connected to him. That is our sole purpose as women, 
is to live a life in relationship with Him, to live a life of connection, not perfection. And we see this again in the Bible. The very first story that we have in Scripture is the story in Genesis about how God created. He created this earth. He created all the living creatures. He created the sun and the moon and the stars. He created uh, these trees. He created this garden. He created this perfect place for man and woman, Adam and Eve, to live in. And we see in God's creation that in this garden, He very clearly stated to Adam and Eve, he gave them this command that I have given you two trees, the tree of life and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And he said, you can eat from any tree in this garden, any fruit from these trees, except for the tree of, of knowledge of good and evil. So we know, many of us, we know what happens next in the story, right? How um, after God has given this command that Eve, you know, begins to have a conversation with, with the serpent. And it is uh, Satan, dis, you know, disguised as a snake. And Eve, this, this person who had only known God's commands and had only trusted in God's commands, was suddenly being told something different. And the serpent, he, he, he said, you know, eating from the fruit of this tree is really not going to harm you. And for the first time, he made her doubt God's word. And he made her question God's commands. And he said, you know, if you eat from this tree, you are actually going to be more like God. Don't you want to be more like God, Eve? And I want to pause right there for just a second. And I want to ask you that question, too. Don't you, I mean, don't we, like, be, want to be like Eve and we want to be more like God? Don't we, we yearn for that? We want more of that? And I think, you know, God, when we look at who God is and why we yearn after that and why we want the wisdom and the knowledge and, and to live lives um, that resemble Him, is we want this because God is perfect. <laughs> We have Psalm 1830, if we can put that on the screen. It says, as for God, his way is perfect. The Lord's word is flawless. He shields all who take refuge in him. And this word perfect in scripture, there's two words for perfect, tamam and kalal. And they mean wholeness, completeness, beauty. This is who God is. But when we are like Eve, and we begin to believe the lies of the serpent, and we choose to believe him and choose to take action on what he says, because she chose to eat the fruit, didn't she? And once she ate the fruit, her, her eyes were opened and she was exposed. And because of this, because of the fall, we as women, we want to be perfect like God, but we have sinned. And there's just no way that we will ever, no matter how hard we try, no matter how um, good we are, no matter what we do, our performance, nothing we will do will ever make us perfect because we have sin. Therefore, we as women, we still love this idea of perfection and living lives of perfection. So we begin this terrible, awful, ugly struggle of being perfectionists or dealing with perfectionism. And perfectionism is really different from who God is. 
Because perfectionism, the definition of it, is one trying to attain an unattainable goal. And so we're always chasing, and we're always wanting more, and we're always trying to go, go, go. And it's like we're chasing perfection, and it becomes this passion within us, and, and it's just this drive that we've got to have. And it, it, it makes us uh, become undone. We blind, we belittle, we, we just become a mess of a person when we begin to chase perfectionism instead of looking to God who is perfect. And once Eve, once she, you know, her eyes were open, she experienced shame for the very first time. And we know she experienced shame because she and Adam, they, they made the big leaves for themselves and then they went and hid in the garden when they heard God coming. And I think we, like Eve, we experience this same shame in our own lives. And we always, at perfectionism, it leads to us feeling not good enough. It leads to this constant comparison and this anxiety. Do y'all struggle with anxiety? I do. And especially around this time of the year, when I look at my calendar, like I said, I'm a mom of three littles. And so we are all about celebrating. We, we, we celebrate Santa, we celebrate Jesus, we celebrate at school, we celebrate at home, we celebrate at church, we have parties. I want my house to be perfect for them so they have these sweet little memories of their, of their big old Christmas tree because now our, our ceilings are a little bit taller and we can have a bigger tree. And so I want them to have all these special moments of putting their own ornaments on the tree and seeing the elf move from place to place in the middle of the night. And you know, it's just all, and I want to bake Christmas cookies, even though they turn in this one big blob of sugar cookies and we try to make something of it. And I want us to have hot cocoa. I want to go look at the lights. I want to celebrate with all my friends and all their friends. I want to have the pajama party with the Polar Express. And I want to go and do and be and go and more. And it's just more and more and more and more. And I think sometimes we as women, we try to cram so much into such a little space because we, we think we've got to have it all and our kids have to have it all. And we've got to create these perfect experiences for our families. And of course we've got to put it on Instagram. <laughs> you know? And it's just like this big chase. And I think sometimes because we are so busy doing all of these things, they're good things, they are, that we become distant from God. And if we were made for connection with Him, we suddenly, we don't, we don't hear Him. We don't feel His presence. I can remember a few years back, I was um, in this really kind of distinct time in my life. My husband and I had just moved and we were living in a rental house and we were both working. My husband was out of town a lot for work. I had just the twins, they were super little. And um, I can remember that Christmas, we were a little lonely too, because we had just moved and hadn't built a lot of relationships yet. <clears throat> and I can remember that Christmas, just kind of being like, where's the joy? I am exhausted. Where is the joy in all of this? Can Christmas just go ahead and be over? <laughs> And I can remember that Christmas Eve, we went and we sat in our Christmas Eve service at church. And I'm so grateful that we sang, Oh Holy Night, today. 
And you've got a, a little card on your table that has the words to O Holy Night. And I can remember I was sitting there and I was just, again, asking the question, where is the world? Where, where is the joy? I am tired. I'm exhausted. And the line that stood out to me in that song was, a thrill of hope the weary world rejoices. And I think, yes, yes, that is, that is how it's supposed to be. And I think it's interesting because after Eve hid from God in the garden, he came, he came out and he went on his daily stroll. And it says that he came, you know, in the, in the evening at dusk. It's like that beautiful time of the day. Just, I mean, uh, can you picture just a crisp fall afternoon when the sun's still shining and it's still warm, but it's getting a little bit cooler. And that's when God, he was walking along. And it says that the very first question in the Old Testament is God asking Adam and Eve, where are you? And I don't think he was asking this question in an angry tone. Where are you? I don't think he was frustrated. Where are you? I think he was seriously, he knew where they were. God is perfect. He knows it all. He knew where they were. But he wanted them to know that he was there waiting for them. And he wanted them to come to him. Where are you? He was kind. And I want to ask you that question today. And I want to let it sit for a second. Where are you? Where is your heart this Christmas? Because I really believe that if we're meant to live lives of connection, not perfection, we've got to take time to be still. And we've got to take time to draw ourselves into the stillness of God's presence. That's what Advent is. In Latin, it means waiting. <laughs> and I want to just kind of very briefly give you a couple of points um, of, about ways that we can, we can still our hearts and we can connect our hearts to His this Christmas season. And the first thing that I want to share is that I truly believe that God gives us babies to change hearts. I know a few years ago I was pregnant at Christmas. It was the Christmas after the one that was really hard. And I might have a picture of us being pregnant, uh, me being pregnant with my son Ridley. And I can remember that when I was pregnant, I, I truly got to experience Advent because I was waiting in that anxious, hopeful expectation for my son to be born. I was far enough along where I could feel him, you know, inside of my stomach, rolling around and kicking. And I, you know, would have to, you know, I, I couldn't sleep all the way through the night. And I, I, I felt a little bit like Mary in some ways. I just, I could, I could relate to her a little bit more, being pregnant and, and being in that expectation around Christmas time. And, you know, when you think about Mary, her life did not go according to her plan. Everything was backwards. Everything. But Mary knew in her heart that she was following God's command. She was listening to God. And I'm sure that Mary, she didn't have it all, but she did have it all. She didn't have the perfect 
you know, the nursery all set up. She didn't give birth in the perfect place that she wanted to. She probably didn't have her registry and have everything picked out for her. I'm sure she found out who her real friends were because there was probably so many lies and whispers going on in her town about her and Joseph. And, you know, I think Mary really had to come to grips with, like, I'm following God, and I'm obeying Him. I'm abiding in Him. And so she goes, and she fills out this beautiful prophecy, and she gives birth in the smelly manger. And it says that after she gave birth, and when the wise men first came to, to see Mary, you know, this was sometime afterwards, at, you know, actually in Scripture. But when the wise men come, the very first question that is asked in the New Testament, where is he? Where is this child who has come to save us all? The wise men were wise because they were looking for Jesus, not trying to gain their own wisdom and eating from this, this, this fruit, from this tree, and listening to this the serpent tell these lies. They weren't listening to that. They were following the star. They were following Jesus. They were looking for Jesus. How are we looking for Jesus this Christmas? Because Mary, as she was, you know, holding this sweet, precious baby boy in her arms, and the angels sang, and the shepherds came, it says in Scripture in Luke that Mary treasured these things in her heart. And she pondered over them. And this word treasure means to remember. Mary was soaking it up. She was remembering God's faithfulness, God's goodness. Can you imagine just being in that moment and be like, oh my goodness? Like, God's great story, his family tree, his lineage that he has written for all of mankind. Is happening right now in this moment and I am holding him in my arms and I think you know when we can be like Mary and we can remember and we can pause and we can be still that maybe that looks like holding a baby this Christmas maybe it looks like sitting and looking at your twinkling lights whether they be colored or white Maybe it looks like just doing a few things with your children and not trying to do it all and have it all and be it all. Let us treasure up the simple. And finally, what I want to encourage you to do today is I want you to guard your heart this holiday season. Proverbs tells us that our hearts are the wellspring of our life and, and they are the center of our being. Everything comes from our heart to our minds to our bodies, how we talk to other people. So we have to guard our hearts. Because just as Satan was in the garden, he is with us today. And he is telling us these lies that we've got to be perfect and, and we've got to chase after perfection and we've got to have it all, we've got to do it all. And he's going to run us weary to the ground, exhausted. Amen? Amen? That is what Satan does. But God has come and he has given us his son, Jesus, for us to have life. Let us remember there were two trees in that garden. There was the tree of life.
We are flawed, but we are forgiven. And when we begin to rest in God's perfect love for us and God's great love story and how he's got it all figured out, we become less anxious. We've experienced more peace. We're able to guard our hearts and have this protective area over our hearts that says, no, Satan, not today. I'm going to enjoy this Christmas season. I'm going to look at my Christmas tree. I'm going to spend time with my children and my family. And we are going to live lives of connection, not perfection. Because we love Jesus and what he has done for us. And when we connect ourselves to Jesus, we begin to see that perfection, you know, is this process of coming to him. It's not about our performance. It's about our praise. We lost ourselves at one tree only to find ourselves at another. Perfection is found when we connect ourselves to Christ on the cross. And it's found in the crucifixion. It's, it's found when we believe and we honor and we obey the commands that he has given us. This is how we experience life. This is how the thrill of hope takes over the weary world and we are able to rejoice. We're able to rejoice through the hard. We are able to rejoice through the happy. We are able to celebrate that our Savior has come and he is alive and well within us. Happy birthday, baby Jesus. And so I just want to encourage you today to take time to pause and be still and to remember what the Advent, this season of waiting, this hopeful expectation, what it is all about. And whenever you catch yourself trying to do it all and be it all and have it all, just remember that God is right here. And he's saying, where are you? Because I'm here and I want to spend time with you. I want to be in relationship with you this holiday season. So let us each have a very Merry Christmas and celebrate our people and the life that we've been given. Thank you. If this podcast resonated with you today, I encourage you to pick up a copy of my book, Invited, for you or a loved one this Christmas. Today's message stems from chapter 12, and the entire book is about letting go of perfection so we can have true connection with one another. Order your copy before December 18th to guarantee to ship by Christmas or use the code LOCAL at checkout to pick up your book if you live in the Wiregrass area. podcast resonated with you today, I encourage you to pick up a copy of my book, Invited, for you or a loved one this Christmas. Today's message stems from chapter 12, and the entire book is about letting go of perfection so we can have true connection with one another. Order your copy before December 18th to guarantee to ship by Christmas, or use the code LOCAL at checkout to pick up your book if you live in the Wiregrass area. Also, mark your calendars for our rest retreat coming up on January 11th. 
January is the time to start fresh and our rest retreat will help you carve out time to reflect over this year so you can move forward and live fully in the new year. At our rest retreat, you will identify how to love God and your people with all your heart. We will equip you with the ability to remove distractions so you can focus and live fully in the here and now. This is a great gift for you and your girlfriend to prepare your hearts for the new year. Thank you again for listening to this episode of Undivided Women's Podcast. To follow along with Undivided Women, we encourage you to subscribe to our newsletters to receive our free online Bible studies, and you can find those at undividedwomen.com. You can also connect with us online uh, through Instagram and Facebook at Undivided Women.